This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. You can sponsor this show yourself on patreon.com slash Breakaway. And that's how we keep this show going every single week. So if you like it and you love it, you want to buy us a coffee or maybe a beer or something like that, patreon.com slash Breakaway. Get access to our BSBOTs, which we constantly reference on this show, like we're bad hosts, and some other fun stuff. Join our Discord and hang out with everybody as well. Thanks, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome to the sec- uh, first episode of 2023, and hopefully uh, a nice part of the Rangers run where we could beat the Carolina Hurricanes who uh whoo they are on a heater right now so we have our good friend Woj on the show today just you know chit-chatting some Rangers some bullshit and uh well without further ado let's get to Mark Messier and get to the show here we go hi everybody it's Mark Messier and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway the number one Rangers podcast Welcome to the first episode of 2023, Breakaway Fans. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I am here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, on a Monday afternoon as we record as the Rangers beat the Florida Panthers in what I would say was one of the most ho-hum games of the year. Uh, And Lafreniere came back in the lineup, missed an opportunity to put a puck in the net, and the top line is officially, hopefully, the top line for a while. Gregory, how are you? Technically speaking, it's not afternoon. By definition. It is morning. (laughs) that's <laughs> how that works 1104 on a monday uh, morning here with you and you'll be there or something like that steve summers mm. um yeah a, a game last night uh, i don't know i think it, it, in terms of like people who watch this game and i i just noticed there was a lot less interaction on twitter than usual it seemed like there was a pretty ho-hum among the players as we as we said it would be didn't you're, really seem like the players were Giving you're it surprised. All. You're surprised that at five o'clock on New Year's Day, a lot of people weren't online. Uh, no, I'm not, uh, and I'm also not surprised as to why the the Rangers won. I thought they played well. Do not get me wrong, but I also I think at one point Sam said it looks like the Florida Panthers are a bit lifeless. Uh, yeah, no shit, Sam. <laughs> they, they, it's New Year's Day, and uh, seemed like it, it's one of those games where I should be happier they won. And it, I, I feel pretty good about that top line. And I'm sure we're going to get into Mika Kreider and Kako in a few minutes because I have some thoughts about it myself. But it's it's just like one of those wins that kind of check off. Hey, it's nice. A lock started and we got a, one, a win, right? Like that's only happened twice this season. That's about as far as I, I, I take away from that Panthers game. I'm not sure how much there really is to dig from it. Dig from it? Probably not that much. But you shouldn't be having to dig a lot from games in January for teams you expect to make the playoffs. Right? Like, yep. you're supposed to be getting ho-hum wins. These are supposed to be boring, low-event, ho- punch-the-clock, victory, call-it-a-day games. Like, I, I, I don't want to be learning new things about the New York Rangers <laughs> at this point in the season. <laughs> I want to know what I know, and I want to be able to just keep moving on. So, I, it's, Unfortunately, that's just not been the case the entire season, as you know. No, and um, the first thing I want to dive into, I have a conspiracy theory. Oh, these are my favorite. You can't tell me that these players don't kind of hate Gerard Gallant. Can't I'm kind do of it. with you. I've got I, look, and let's let's set the scene here. Mm-hmm. We talked about. I know we do this every week now, where we like reference other things we do. But if you want to hear them, you can go to Patreon BSBOT. We did a whole thing on Lafreniere and and Gallant. We'll reiterate a little bit of it here. But if you want thirty five minutes of it, it's all yours, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Lafreniere gets benched last week. After a seemingly team loss, like, hey, 
they the whole team shit the bed against the Capitals. That's it. Lafreniere gets punished. Probably should have played on the fourth line. Glant made it a huge story. It, it made it to 32 thoughts. It was probably the biggest story in the NHL for the entire day. Uh, Elliot Friedman goes, listen, there's no there's no indication that Lafreniere and, and the Rangers won a part in any way. And I'm sure that's true. But it became a story and it didn't need to be. Is it that big a deal that Laf got sat down? Like Probably not as big as we made it. But at the same time, there's it's not his fault. It was more about the 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 thinking of Gerard Gallant, not the play of Lafreniere. Lafreniere didn't force his way to stay in, but it was the whole team shit the bed, and he's the one that got punished. I think was our summary. Am I correct? Yeah, but to touch on that point, because I saw enough people being like, "See, it wasn't a big deal that he got benched for one game." No, no it was a big deal. <laughs> there's there's a difference between playing something in a vacuum and playing something in real life. In a vacuum. Is one game going to determine and define Alexi Lafreniere's career? Of course not. Is it that big of a deal in a vacuum? No. But we need to stop pretending like that these players don't take certain things personally and might not necessarily hold a grudge. Like, if I go up to someone I work with at work and I say, hey, I don't really, I didn't care for the work you did uh, yesterday. It was subpar. I was expecting better. Go home and don't collect the paycheck today. In a vacuum, it's one day. Who cares? That worker shouldn't really get that upset. Uh, in a bigger picture, if that worker wanted to hold a grudge for the rest of his time or her time working with me, totally within her right. And the reason why I say I think this team might hate Gerard Gallant. So, <laughs> Sunday. <know>. Yep. <laughs> Sunday. A game in which Kabukago had two incredible assists. Mika Zibanejad had two goals. Yarrow Halak probably played his best game as a New York Ranger. Plenty of deserving candidates to get the Broadway You didn't even hat. mention a, a ship from Biddy Trocek, which was maybe one of his defining ships as a New York Ranger. And Trocek, yes. Trocek scoring against his former team. Yep. Plenty of candidates for the Broadway hat if we're just doing it based on performance in the game. And what do they do? They go, hey, played hard, didn't play last game. We're going to give it to Alexi Lafreniere. And, and hmm. part of that makes me wonder as to why Ben Harper was still around this team. And uh, I think I'm starting to see it. Locker room guy. Locker room guy. <laughs> uh, but, but you can't, Ryan, you can't tell me. I honestly, I when I saw it on, on the socials from Rangers state media, I am stunned they posted that. Because you cannot tell me that the the players don't kind of hate Gerard Glant. Credit to our friend uh, Pudge Pasha in our Discord, who said uh, we did finally get a Laffy Hattie. <laughs> An amazing joke. An amazing. Uh, it, yeah, it is. The spite has seemingly gone both ways, mm-hmm. and I don't. There, I'm sure there are people saying you're making a lot out of nothing here. We have enough evidence. We just like Kako. That was one of the best games Kako's played as a Ranger. Per- period. He wasn't even considered for that. <laughs> it's just like the. It's all spiteful, like, you're pumping the kids up. I think the veterans know, like, hey, this is not how you should be handling this situation. And I, seemingly, and we've said this plenty of times before, the Rangers have gone on win streaks and they've won games out of spite to Gerard Gallant. And that's just, it's been Igor, it's been the veterans stepping up, it's been Kako's development, Heedle's development, and, and seemingly, I, I can't really give credit to Gerard Gallant on any of that, which feels wrong. And I think you, I think you can usually give the the coach credit when teams are succeeding, 
because they're they're driving the ship. But you and I, we, we follow the team in such a way where it's like, I don't think he's making it. It's not like he's making adjustments to cause to cause these wins. It's not like he's putting players in positions to succeed to cause these wins. And I think this is the most down I've been on a coach in the history of our podcast. I sound like such a negative Nancy, and I hear it in my own voice. But boy, I am just so sour on this coach. It's ridiculous. Even uh, after the win, I was I was much more sour on Elaine Vigneault. There's no other. You way were to really you were. That's... It. I I <laughs> sniffed that thing out from the beginning. Uh, there was an entire podcast way back in our archives where they extended him, and I was like, "This is setting the franchise back for three years." Y- you were um, wrong, by the way. <laughs> I was not wrong, buddy. I'm just saying. Uh, so I can't say I've I've been I'm down on Glant, but it's like I I defended AD AB unfortunately at that time. You sure yes. did, you fucking idiot. I was. Um, I admit it at least. But it's the the thing I'm realizing it's Gallant he's done so much wrong that it's almost like we think he's finally discovered the right things, but those right answers existed at the beginning of the year and he inexplicably went away from them. Like Zibanejad, Kreider, and Kaka was the Rangers' best line through 13 games. And then, because of puck luck, he inexplicably broke it up. The Rangers went into disarray for the next three months, what feels like. And now that he's reunited the line, it's like some people are saying, Ah, well, see, he finally found their line that worked. Motherfucker, he found this line. This was line one. This was was This was day one. This was day one of the season this line worked. And he just went away from it for no reason. Um, Trocek finding his rhythm and finding his role. I don't know how much you can give that to Gerard Glant, how much you can say that Trocek has just been playing this well all year and he's not hitting as many posts anymore. Um, I Like, Jacob Truba playing better? Would Jacob Truba have played better sooner if, I don't know, we gave him a couple games off when he was injured and he's probably still injured but less injured? Then he, he's closer to 100% now than he was a month ago. So is this Gallant letting Truba play into form or Truba just getting healthier by nature? It's like, what? honest question, what can you give positively Gerard Gallant credit for this year? This year? Boy, that's tough. I, I hate that I don't have an immediate reaction <laughs> where I can give him credit. Because I, I know we talked about the power play a little bit on OT and how the answer was we don't really want to talk about it. I wish he would try something once in a while, even okay, just to you, set it you haven't. You're not giving him credit for anything I'm, yet. You're no, still picking nets over I'm, there. You're correct. You're, to answer your question, I have no direct thing with the exception of maybe playing Brodzinski in a way. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, he, every time he's moved, uh, I'll give him one thing. When he's moved Goodrow up in certain situations, Goodrow has either had like a dime assist or has scored to his credit. That's the only thing I could say. It's not the right move, but I think Goodrow has produced in those moments. Mm. I'd say I can. It's funny. I shouldn't have to give him credit for beginning the season and putting Kako back on the top line. But I feel the need to say I can give him credit. For I don't that. want to give him credit for that because he started. <laughs> he started with it, like you just said. The line was, by all public analytics, not private, Greg, mm. uh, one of the best lines in the league. Kako just 
was snake bitten and wasn't scoring. It wasn't just it wasn't just Kako. Zabanajan and Kreider weren't scoring at five. Kreider actually, I think was what was his negative goal differential like minus it's still, six or it's something. Still negative. It's like the, the worst in the league, and he has he's on pace for thirty plus goals. Anyway, uh, that that line was ripping it up, and it seemingly has great chemistry. And now Kako is becoming the playmaker for it. It was very obvious to everyone watching, like, okay, that's the best line the Rangers have for this entire season. And maybe that hampers some of the other lines, but this is this is the keys to your engine. Like, when you need to do something, you should have that line out there. Mm-hmm. Now, he broke it up, tried everything else, tried a million other lines, like 35 different combinations, and uh, now we're back. I, I, why am I giving credit to, like, putting the best line back together? I... You're asking a rhetorical question that I'm not going to answer. I think I think I can give him credit for giving more trust to Schneider in certain situations. Still a third pairing guy. Right. Schneider's, you know, he's awesome. Yeah, it, the thing I'm giving him credit for is like he's giving him two extra minutes. But there were times this year when Truba was really shit in the bed that he wasn't afraid to move Schneider up, which I can give him credit for not being afraid to move Schneider up. I could also take all that credit away for just putting Jacob Truba on the ice. Yeah, well, I, and I don't, I don't like when people are like, "Well, who else are you going to play?" Like a body that's not injured. <laughs> uh, it's it's almost like it's almost like hear me out. Um, if Truba was out of the lineup for injury, it's almost like Chris Jury would have felt compelled to possibly make a move sooner in the season when prices weren't as exuberant as they're going to be right now. There's only been like three trades in the entire season for the NHL. So one of them is Dryden Hunt, who's now been traded twice. <laughs> so, uh, I yeah, March is going to be the trade deadline where we'll see the flurry of maybe what, like nine activity moves? That's it. Well, uh, Ryan, you can't expect general managers to do work in December. Okay, wait for 25 the days of Christmas. Have, those movies aren't going to watch themselves. No one has. No one has. I mean, Winter Classic literally was. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I need to get into this. Guys, we need more revenue. <laughs> what are we going to do? I know. Move the Winter Classic back to the actual holiday on the Monday. What do you mean? The work holiday? Yes, the work holiday. What about New Year's Day? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, you either it you either need to plant your flag and say that um this game is happening on New Year's Day regardless of what day that shows up on the calendar. Even if it's the NFL Sunday? Yeah. Like buddy, I got news for you. There weren't a lot of one interesting one o'clock games. Hockey fans would have watched hockey. And I got even more news for you. Not hockey fans, not watching hockey anyway. They're definitely not watching it at two o'clock on a Monday. They're gonna do literally anything else. They're gonna I just I wouldn't know this Winter Classic was happening if I didn't follow Sarah Sivian and Pete, who are both from Boston. If I didn't have people... <laughs> I think Johnny's Sarah there, Sivian, too. But I wouldn't know. Johnny doesn't tweet about it enough where I would know. <laughs> I, until yesterday, didn't realize who the Bruins were playing. I It's 11-18. I don't know who the Bruins are playing. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the Penguins. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Again, we had Jesse Marshall on this show last week. We didn't mention the Winter Classic one time. No. It covers the Penguins. Do you is there an event, a sporting event you care less about that is framed as a big deal? The MLB All-Star game. Mm. I I will watch the home run derby every year. I can't help myself. The I'm difference a, between this and the MLB All-Star game is you have no choice with the All-Star game but to probably watch it. Because there's nothing else. Nothing. On. There's the, literally the, no sports on earth on. It's the driest four sports days of the year. So I agree with you where I don't care about the All-Star game. But unless I'm just foregoing sports for that week, I don't really have a choice. 
And that's where MLB, again, kind of planned it out perfectly, where they're like, perfect. Nothing to compete against. This will be fine. Whereas hockey, not only do they think it's not important because they don't promote it, but then they just... (sighs) You know, if they were smart, Ryan, if they were smart, you know what's the perfect time to put this Winter Classic on? What's week that? before the Super Bowl. That's actually pretty smart. No sport. It is a sports barren. It's not a wasteland, but it's the like... The NBA's still around, but you the have... The NBA's still around, but you're far... Like, the NBA is kind of in that... There's a clear who's good and who's not good anymore, so you're kind of in the malaise with the NBA. NHL, it's still a month out from the trade deadline. There is no football for that week inexplicably, so why aren't we just doing the Winter Classic in the week before the Super Bowl? You can own that Sunday. That can be your Sunday. It's going to be there for you every year. You don't have to worry about it. They will never have a football game the week before the Super Bowl. And trust me, every football fan is fucking tired of reading about a football story for that two-week period that's inexplicably leading up to the Super Bowl. That should be when the Winter Classic is. You are not competing against the NFL. I promise you. You will not compete against the NFL that week. Yeah, you won't. Smart, that's smart, Greg. I don't think you're too smart. You can't get hired. <laughs> <laughs> you're not saying yes enough to work in the NHL. Sorry, sorry, works. sorry. Um. Anyway, back to the Florida Panthers game. The top line is just—it's as good as it gets. I don't know what's going on. With, like, I don't want to say what's going on with our Tim Panarin. Tim Panarin has been very, very good this season. Uh, so th- I know him and Trocheck are still trying to figure it out. Seemingly, they are. Uh, and as they play more time together, it'll, it'll probably come back to it. Uh, kid line last night, the new kid line at least, a little bit, um, I don't want to say invisible. A lot for near had a chance in front to, to bury one. But definitely the least impactful of the lines last night. But again, I'm not complaining about it. It was yeah, just a, a solid uh, that, one. Last night to me was one of those nights where it's less about they weren't being invisible as much as it was the top line played so well and Panarin and Trocek played so well. That it's hard, for, and then Halak played so well. Hey, credit it, to Halak, man! Best game of the season for him. Yeah, by a lot. I, I know. I know. Joe in the third period said the Panthers looked dead. They didn't look dead in the second period when they were fun to, fucking pounding it in at every angle. And you have to give Halak all the snaps in the world for maintaining that lead the entire way through. Um, but it's it's simply one of those games where like six people looked really good. So even if other people looked average. You just kind of mistake it as invisible because, again, Kreider, Zibanejad, Kako, fantastic. Maybe the best game those three have played as a unit this year. Halak, maybe the best game he's played so far this year. Trocek looked great. Panarin looked great. You start running, like, Schneider looked great. Miller made a couple big plays and bullied a man who was trying to embellish a little bit. Like, so many... I, don't, I didn't notice Adam Fox doing a whole ton. That doesn't mean Adam Fox had a bad game. Sometimes the guys, if they're just also punching the clock, it's not necessarily a bad thing, not necessarily a good thing. just means other people had better games. Right. And the Lightning game, which we really didn't touch on, was an either-way game the Rangers could have won very easily. Yeah. Uh, odd. But we, we the thing we should talk about, and I think we talked about on OT a little bit, it's worth revisiting. Um, at no point in that Lightning game, a game in which the Rangers led for the majority of the time, did I feel... Like I was having a good time. Yeah, I agree with you. 
it wasn't like, man, this team's fucking awesome. Yeah. The, the <laughs> it, entire, it if the Rangers won that game 2 nothing, I think my takeaway would have been, like, I fucking hate Gerard Gallant. Like, yeah. there, there's just, there was no scenario that Lightning game, outside of them maybe winning a laugher, like, <laughs> laugher, uh, uh-huh. like nine, no, 9 nothing. Like a real Southampton scoreline, you know what I'm the, saying? The, yes, yeah, that's that twice it's happened. Um, Fuck the, you. The <laughs> the real moment, defining moment of that game that if you if we at the end of the season go, hey, remember that Lightning Rangers game? I'm like, what's the only thing you remember about it? It's Sammy Blay missing wide. <laughs> that's I don't even remember that part of it. The only yeah. thing I'm going to remember about that Lightning game is the Rangers picking up a point while left fucking. Sat I don't down. know, jerked off, whatever sure. he did in the press box. Sure. Uh, put his, uh, made a fake mustache with his helmet. It's about his, his, <laughs> his helmet I, it's, on the It's funny box. looking back on that video and being, what a goofy guy. What a, what a just, what a, what a guy. And that's why he was bad. And that's why he was bad. Like, so, what the, definitely saw that picture. was like, this, I just can't wait to get it. Glant's wife on Twitter sent him that picture and then sent, said, you have to bench him. I'm just going to start tweeting in French. That way, that way, that. I know where she. I'm going to snuff her out. Unfortunately, there is a translate button. I don't um, care. I'm going to do okay. it. I'm going to do it. Uh, do you want to do five star questions with our friend Woj in a second? Because we have a couple, and we have five minutes till he comes on. But fine, uh, we do that. Anywho, uh, yeah, the lightning game is whatever. You got to score in the power play in the overtime. You at least get a point. It was kind of a disaster of a game start to finish. Even though the Rangers, uh, it's not that the, the game itself wasn't a disaster. The game itself, again, you want to live in the vacuum. If you live in the vacuum of that one game, it's an encouraging game where the Rangers looked, if not the better team than the Lightning that night, a team that can compete with them, a team you expect to be in the conversation for an Eastern Conference final berth. So if you if you want to evaluate that one game, it's encouraging that once again, the New York Rangers, who have this ability to play up to the best teams in the league, with maybe the exception of like the Bruins, who absolutely bullied them this year, New York Rangers play really well against really good teams. That is something you should hang your hat on when it comes to playoff time because no team is going to skate the Rangers out of the building if you want to live in the vacuum of that one game. You can feel that way. You can be encouraged. But again, if you want to be a normal person and experience the Rangers season as a whole, it was impossible to watch that game and come away with happy feelings. Yeah, no, it was it was no matter what happened, even if the Rangers won in overtime and they scored on that power play, I would have been like, all right, let's do a 30 minutes on Lafreniere getting scratched. <laughs> do you want to do hey, do you want to do five minutes on uh I, we should have foreseen Shesterkin not playing on Sunday after he broke his maiden at the second race at Gulfstream on Saturday? <laughs> it's a New York Ranger podcast, it's a horse racing podcast. How do we not we need to be informed more in advance when there are ranger themed horses? There was a running. horse running named Igor Shesterkin. No, just Shesterkin. Just Shesterkin. Okay. One of these races, a clear Ranger fan. Uh Golf Golfstream, this is big time of the year for Golfstream because it's the lead up to Pegasus. So that I have no idea what any of this is. Okay. Means. Pegasus <laughs> is probably So you know the Triple Crown races, right? Yeah, I do. I'm aware you know, of the You know the Travers? Yes. You know the the Belmont um, Breeders' Cup. Yes. Okay. After those five is Pegasus. Pegasus is like the beginning of the. It's the and season. Shesterkin opener. ran and run. And run not sorry, in the pe- not in the physical Pegasus race, but Got he it. ran on the, in the build up to Pegasus. <laughs> and his trainer is Hall of Famer Todd Pletcher, and his jockey was, I believe, last year's Jockey of the Year, Irad Ortiz, which means that. The owner of this horse thinks this horse is legitimate because you don't just you don't just send the horse. Pletcher has to like if the horse. If Shostakin wins a big race, we're going to have to do something. Uh, absolutely. If Shostakin goes into a big race, we're going to have to. I, we might I'm have also, to have a Shostakin horse shirt. 
It's just a uh, horse that says just joking. <laughs> it's good. It's a good looking horse. Um, I, uh, I I spent a lot of a, a shameful amount of my weekend trying to find a way to instant message the horse's owner, Robert Lapenta. Got to tell you, really rich people usually not on not on social media. I can don't find know how I'm going to find them. I know Steve how to find Cohen. Him. Steve Cohen's the exception, not the rule. I can do it. I'll do it. I'll I'll, I'll find him. Um, I guess we can get to our, our interview. I, I don't have anything else to say about. For the Rangers right now, at least. I'm sure we're going to get into a shit ton with uh, Gallant, with Woj and all that. All I'll say, very impressive showing from Shesterkin. Was leading coming off that final turn. <laughs> and was challenged on the inside by uh, the horse that was the favorite in the race. And Shesterkin saw that horse, said, fuck you, I'm winning this race, and won by two lengths. Very impressive good, performance. Good for him. At least he, you know, he finally won a trophy. Well, I guess he won the Vezina as well last year, so whatever. Yeah, what the I fuck would, are you talking about? I don't know. I was, I was, I was looking at the heart standings earlier, just like sitting there. I was like, it was just Sturkin's year. I was like debating myself. I was like, Sturkin had a better year than Matthews. I don't know how he won. Um, I know we did you that know, debate like a million times last yeah, year. Yeah, it's so. like it's a pitcher winning an MVP, man. It's just not going to happen. They have I their know. own award. That's so freaking stupid. All right, let's get to our, our good friend. What we do forty minutes with him? We'll be right back. Tran. Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day and our only guest on a a workday New Year's Eve. Woj, welcome back to the show. It's been, I don't know, like a year or something like that? It had to have at least been a year or so. Uh, This is probably, I I, I don't know, like someone's got to fact check, but I got to be close to double digits now. Oh, here? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, you've yeah. been on here a lot. It's been well, seven yeah, because years, dude. We, there'll be there'll be days where Ryan and I are like, I don't really want to talk to anyone. He's like Woj, and I was like, I want to talk to Woj. <laughs> yeah, I was like, want to do a mailbag? I was like, I'll text Woj, see if he's around. I was like, yeah, absolutely, fuck that. Um, how have you? Because this season, I would say the last couple of seasons with the Rangers, we've had a good time. I think you'd agree. Like, hey, this is fun. Like Panera in the hard season, Vesna season for Igor, Norris season for Adam Fox. Like a lot of fun. Like we got all these draft picks. Like, oh, hey, we're over, we're overachieving. This is awesome. Having a good time. How would you say you've been having a time this season? Well, it's funny because that is my only goal now going into every season because. I think being a Mets, Bills, Rangers fan has really taught me to temper expectations before every season. And the minimum goal is to have fun. And you're right. Like, the last few seasons have been fun. I mean, last year was a blast. Last year was probably one of the most enjoyable teams that I think I've ever rooted for for the Rangers. That's including the 2014 team, 2015 team. This year sucks. I agree. This year sucks. <laughs> it has not been fun at all. Like, I'm not even kidding. This is me just being straight and truthfully honest. My wife texted me because I, I was having a shitty day at work, and she goes, at least the Rangers won. I go, babe, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know they played. I, I had no idea that Puck dropped on a game yesterday, and that's how just disconnected I have been from this team well, because it has well, not been fun. Well, so let me let me deconstruct that for a second because maybe, just maybe, this isn't – I. I don't want to say it's not entirely the Rangers' fault, but maybe it's not entirely the Rangers' fault. You are coming off a year in which the Mets won 101 games, and it felt like a failure. And the Bills are in the midst of a season where, while they started out being like, oh, this team's great, the shine's worn off that penny a little bit. For sure. And you've been fucked up the ass by snow in a way that I don't think a lot of people (laughs) at least – at least understand accurately. Like when I say the average snowfall in Buffalo each winter is about 98 inches and you guys are already at 95 plus and it is January 2nd. Yeah. So like 
if people don't understand that January and February are usually the bad months. Yes. Like, those are usually the starting of like, oh, the weather's going to start to get shitty. We haven't had a white Christmas in probably about eight years, legitimately. Well, and this year, I couldn't leave my house for five days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I So while the Rangers are personally responsible, I do think – the Mets being so great and so fun, yep. and then spending the last three weeks of that season just <laughs> shitting on everybody's face. And the Bills being so great and so fun and kind of falling back down to earth in like a overly dramatic, cartoonishly way. Yeah. All while the Chiefs just kind of feel like and look like a fucking juggernaut. And the, and the Niners look like an inevitability. You're dealing with your sports high if we go back to... July, probably never in your life had it been higher. Rangers you, super fun, Mets super fun, Bills super fun. Now you're like, Mets fucking stink, though. They're spending money. Bills kind of stink, though. They're going to be a threat. The Rangers kind of stink, but they're going to make the playoffs. Also, just to throw it in there, the Buffalo Bandits, who I've become obsessed with, the, the fresh old lacrosse team in Buffalo, went to the NLL Championship last year. Of course they lost, because it, why would a team I root for won? And I bought <laughs> season tickets to go back this year, and they're 2-1. So, like, you're right. It, it is other teams having highs that have taken me out of the Rangers. And the way the Rangers season ended just last year was upsetting, but not surprising, considering who... I mean, let's be honest. We didn't expect them. That was that, no, was, no. that was a joke. That, I mean, that was that was just that was us. We were all along for the ride, and we're all going to crash when it ends, whether it had been in Tampa or Colorado. We, we were just going to be there for the end of it. So you're right. I, it's not completely the Rangers' fault. I have just been disconnected completely from this season because of that, though. It's but it's this year. It's so funny when you said like last year's team was so fun. I think it was my favorite team to cover by far since yeah. we started this podcast, and even like the 2014 Cup Run team. Like last year's team, I loved so goddamn dearly. And not a lot has changed, and yet the entire feeling, like, don't feel good watching a lot of these games. In the first half of this podcast, we talked about the Tampa Bay game where they lost uh, in overtime 2-1. And, like, the Rangers could have won that game 3 nothing, and it been kind of a ho-hum, like, we just owned the the lighting, and I still would have had a negative feeling about it. That That's where we're at. <laughs> Whereas last year, I was like, they were going to the third period down 2. I was like, this team's going to fucking win. Like, <laughs> they're going to find a way. I This team... Looks like crap on ice, but no matter what, they they find ways to win. And this year's just like it's not that. Despite even having Capo Caco be maybe the best of the three kids right now, I also think there's something to Igor's season where the 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 flash that we saw last year was there, there was just like an oozing confidence. And I think this season has taken weird turning points where he didn't really necessarily get off to the greatest start. There was games where we're like, all right, I mean, that's not the Igor that we've known. And then weirdly enough, like I hate to say it because this is probably going to make, I don't know how people react to this, but like the Ryan Reeves situation was, was a weird turning point too, where like I didn't find him super vital to the team, but like the social media team did. And perception's a hell of a drug. So when you lose something like that, like, I don't know. There, there's been moments where the season... We're pro just, Reeves. You know that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, okay, so I'm glad. That's why I was trying to walk the line. But, like... No, yeah, we're pro Reeves. So was I. And I think that when that happened, it was like... The, the 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 perception of fun around the team was like, okay, now we got to look elsewhere. And I'll be honest, no matter how much they try to make Ryan Lindgren funny, it's not going to work for me. So <laughs> it's just like, again, perception's a hell of a drug. So I hope that... I don't know. I hope I kick into it after this. Great. Greg, the, the, the Bills have, like, I would say 51% of my focus right now, especially going into tonight. Like, depending on what happens tonight, it's going to make the next week, you know, 
devastating or the most elated I've been winning the first seed. You didn't even mention Liverpool losing in the last week of the season and the Champions League fun. Yeah, so like it's, it's, it's literally just been insanity. Like, um, and I mean, they played today too. So again, it's just one of those things where like, I know that they're playing at 1230 today. I had no idea the Rangers even dropped puck last night. Yeah, I mean, we, if it makes can, you feel any better, I had a dream last night that the Carlos Correa situation came to a conclusion. Uh, <laughs> so that's where my mind is. Can we actually go back to Igor real quick? Because there's, there's something I've been noticing, and I, I got mentioned on the radio a couple weeks ago, and since then I've, I've really been thinking about it. Have you guys both noticed that Igor just isn't playing the puck nearly as much this season as he was last year? There was so many times last year, and I think about that Friday Night Penguin game, and also the playoffs, of course, where Igor like would make a mistake and he'd be like, fuck you, and just I would throw the puck <laughs> down ice, right, drop it right on the blue line, and the Rangers would score. That happened three or four times last year, but there's been... There's been less of the offensive game from him and puck handling outside of the net this year. And I wonder if it's because he was playing poorly at some points earlier in the season and Lair was like, listen, let's just focus on being a goaltender and not an offensive weapon. But that's one of the things that made Igor so prolific and special last year was his ability to make these unreal passes that no one else could. And he still does them to a minor extent, but there hasn't been the risk that he took last year comparatively to this year. And I don't know if either of you have noticed the same thing. I just I just want to say, if Gerard Gallant says even one word to Igor Shosturkin, he should be fucking fired. That'd be like, <laughs> it's just, it's like, if Jacob, if Jacob DeGrom gave up three runs in the start for the Mets and Buck Showalter tries to go up to him and like console him and tell him <laughs> how to do his job, no, fuck you, he's great, he'll be fine. Well, fuck him, I guess, because he left. But you get the point. Like, what is what does Gerard Gallant's infinite wisdom have to do with anything? Right. Would, what What is he going to tell Igor or advise Igor to do? Be like, hey, Igor, listen, buddy. Uh, I know you played like Superman last year, but you're kind of playing like Batman right now, you know? <laughs> so maybe try to find wherever the kryptonite is and tell it to fuck off. Like, what? I don't want to hear any... If Gallant has even thought about attempting to change... Igor's style of play, I would like him fired. The, o- well, the I- only person I would want to talk to him is Alaire if it doesn't, like, if there's no intersection between Galat. Like, I don't want Galat going to Alaire and be like, hey, maybe tell him this. No, I would just want Alaire to tell him what he thinks needs to happen because goalies are creatures of habit and I, you don't mess with the goalie's flow. So I want Galat nowhere near Igor at all times. I'm the same way, but, but just watch him carefully when he, like, plays the puck. He, like, instead usually does the drop off now and when. Last year, he's always looking down ice. That's what made him so dangerous. I'm not saying that Igor still isn't a freaking amazing goalie. He is, clearly. He He's one of the best two goalies in the league. It's like him, Sorokin, and, and Vassy, and that's like the top three, and I think it's like not really a debate this time. But the one thing that differentiated him from everybody else was his ability to just play the puck down ice all the time. He's such a threat, and even when he would mess it up, I always think about that Friday Night Pittsburgh game. He tried to pass down ice. He literally sent it into the into the crowd. He got power. Penguins got a power play. Igor stopped it, and in the middle of it, passed it down ice again, and the Rangers scored. I was like, that was the biggest fuck you from from Igor I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And he's just not doing that stuff this year. Anyway, I'm just complaining. Um, Now that we've we've kind of reiterated at least this season, do you see this team like, how how does this team get fun again? Because you said Lindy isn't like that funny guy. The concept of Lingren is funny. I enjoy yeah. the, the the concept that he bleeds every five seconds. I no do enjoy what that. He does. Yeah. But there's no – I don't know how this team becomes like the likable, lovable, underdog scrap team again. You, but that's the thing. Once you go to an Eastern Conference final, yep. you're not the underdog. You're not, you're not the scrappy team anymore. 
That sucks. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, tw- the 2015 New York Mets were super fun because nobody expected them to make the playoffs, and the 2016 Mets were super depressing because now I had expectations for them. That's yeah. just how it works. You that's th- why I think that's why if you ask most people, that's why the 2015 Rangers are the most heartbreaking loss. Like, yeah, yeah the 2014 team went to the Cup. The 2015 team was so much fucking better, Not and they close. had so much more expectations, and that sucked more. Like, I, that 2015, that year, was the worst year of our lives. Like, that was... Yeah, any anytime you start putting expectations on one of your favorite teams, it's it's inevitably less fun. The most fun years are when you don't expect anything. In fact, you'd actually expect it to go the opposite way, and you expect it to crash and burn, and it turns out to be glorious. Like the rain, we Ryan, we did so many shows in the in the summer where we were saying the expectation for the Rangers this year is if they don't reach the Eastern Conference Finals, it's going to be hard for us to view this year as a success. Living with that stress on a daily basis is not fun. Yeah. Like that's that's not enjoyable. Uh, every day the Rangers lose three one to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I'll be sitting here like, well, there's no fucking way this team can achieve expectation. They're a failure. <laughs> like it's just, it's I don't. There isn't a way for this team to get fun unless they start winning every game nine to four. Like it, unless they just go full fucking blitzkrieg, it's just going to be a bottle of stress until whenever it ends. I, I think something from last year, too, that I think made the season stupid fun, even though it was a small portion of it, was the trade deadline. Like, they went nuts at the trade deadline and added players that were fun to root for. Like, they, they, they did add guys that people genuinely wanted to keep, and they were just all gone. Like, you blinked and the season was over. That team is just now a thing of the past, and it's never coming back. So because of those guys they added, and I like Trocek a lot. I, I really do. I think he's been probably one of the better additions in a long time. But there was something to that core group and then adding guys like Cop and Vetrano and the guys that were just fun to root for and plugged in right away. I think when you lose that, it's tough. Well, I'll also say this, Woj. It's, what makes it even tougher is when you have a super successful season and you make a bunch of changes in the offseason, at least then you could be like, oh, look at these shiny new toys. Yeah. But the Rangers really brought in one shiny new toy and Vincent yep. Trocek yep. and everything else is the same. So you're inevitably going to evaluate everything from last season based on everything this season, and you're comparing the exact same players, and you're wondering why things aren't going as well as they did this season, as well as they did last season, as they're going this season, because it's the same makeup. Like, the Mets are not going to win 101 games again. No. But it's a completely different roster. They changed just about everything. So it's going to be hard for me to be like, well, the reason why X, Y, and Z is not going right is because it's the same guys not taking the step forward. Whereas the Rangers, all you have to look at are people either taking a step forward or taking a step backward. And it's just really, it was really hard. It was going to be really hard for everyone on that roster to take a step forward. Can we talk about who took step forwards and step backs? Is that a, is that a topic that we should even have? Sure. So like Kako, I think we can agree. Step forward. Yes. Heedle, we can agree. Step forward. Step forward. Yep. Lafreniere, we're a step back. Is that where we're at? I don't I'm know because again, I I don't I don't think he's taking a step in either direction, and maybe that's why it's so frustrating. Because again, I I can't sit here and say the guy who had seven points in nine games during the Rangers hot streak has yeah. taken a step backwards. But I can't I can't also say that like I expected him to be a forty plus point producer this year, and he hasn't quite reached that level. Though I think he's almost on pace. So I think he's just like he's just chilling. He, he's think getting, this is he's getting passed on the highway, but he's not necessarily slowing down 
Because because if you look at the rest of the roster, I think it gets a little more interesting. Schneider stepped forward, right? Miller yeah. is stepped back, but then stepped forward again. It, it, yeah, he, he's kind of just stepping side to side right now. Yeah, he, it's like he'll have weeks where he's unfucking believable, and then like a stretch where it's like, okay, he's still people are scouting him and they're trying to figure it out and all. Card is one that sucks because like we all knew it was going to be a step back. Like so, they knew that other kids would have to step up in that place of fifty goals not happening ever again. So that's like, I mean, Schneider was a step back no matter yeah. what happened. It was. He had an all-time season. Igor's a step back. Mika, yeah. I, I think Igor is even. Same with Panarin. Yeah, yeah, I, would yeah agree. I mean, Kreider climbed Everest. There's really nowhere else to go. But right. now, once you're at the top of that mountain, um, and he's just been particularly unlucky all year. He's actually been just as effective. Unfortunately, the goals just aren't going in. He's doing everything else. The exact yeah, the, same. well, the power play, the shooting percentage on the power play is like an unsustainably low number. So it's just. Yeah, and when when a guy who gets most of his goals through the power play is not getting goals on the power play because of puck luck, that shit's just gonna happen. But like, I like, and the, you also have to compare. All right, so not only are we doing step forward, step backs, but compare the the child that is here to replace the veteran that was here last year. Like, for better or for worse, Kravtsov is essentially Andrew Cop, and it, that's a step backwards. Yeah. And, um. Who would we? Who would you say is like Gauthier is Tyler Mott? And while Gauthier has probably outperformed our expectations, I don't think he's reached that Tyler Mott effectiveness level. So that's a step back. Justin Braun, as as vanilla as Justin Braun was as a human <laughs> being, Ben Harper, Lieber Hayek, and Zach Jones have all been steps back from Justin Braun. So like the Rangers. The the players that have left, Vincent Trocek, I think you can say is probably an even step to Ryan Strom. I would love I think he's gonna end up being a step forward, but right now, can, at this juncture in the season, I can't say Can I give you my theory on Trocek? And you actually just yell at me? Because I think you're gonna yell at me. I'm not oh, sure. Jesus Christ. Well, do you want to yell at him first? <laughs> yeah, you yell at me. Um <laughs> I like Trocek a lot. Don't get me wrong. I Don't think Trocek is a better Be player careful. than Strom. No, no doubt about it. Okay, yeah. you could just stop there. Don't say the next yeah. part of this. You were but, correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think Ryan Strom had way better chemistry with Artemi Panarin. And that that unlocked things with Panarin on his line, at least. And I think the power play will become just as good or better than it was with Ryan Strom. But for right now, it was better with Ryan Strom. Yeah, okay. You're a fucking idiot. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. That's what I just wanted you to say it. I, that's right. just what I'm thinking. Fair. Yeah. The guy who played with Panarin for each of the last three years has better chemistry with the guy who's played for Panarin for all of They were best friends. They, they knew everything about each other. They were soulmates. Yeah. Okay. But my theory on Ryan Strom being someone's best friend is like, has Ryan Strom ever in your life, do you think that man has ever been like, I don't think you should do that? Like, I think Panarin has wanted to do anything. Yeah. Strom's like, buddy, that sounds like the greatest idea I've ever heard. Strom is a yes man. He is. Yeah. <laughs> I, it just, I, I think Trocek is a way better player than Strom. Yeah. I think night and day. Sure, but Panarin takes a smelly shit and Strom goes, buddy, nice. But what Trocek eat, might tell him it player. smells. And Trocek's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, did you eat a salad? Did you mix in some greens here? What peas are you eating, my man? Yeah, yeah, like, Jesus Christ. Who did you live with before this? This is fucking disgusting. I'm not saying I miss Ryan Strom, and Panarin has been productive. He, but here comes another but. But. Even Okay, he's better with Strom. He is. Okay, all right. Jesus Christ. All right, well, sounds like sounds like Ryan wants Patrick Kane. Woj, here you go. I don't want Patrick Kane. Well, you can't have it both ways, Ryan. He's a chemistry manager. He does it, so shut the fuck up. Fuck, that's a great point. Like, Jesus Christ. You kind of bonded yourself there, right? That's a great point. Yeah, uh, so congratulations, Ryan. You're one of them. Fucking mouth breather. 
<laughs> Love 88. He's the best. <laughs> Trade Taco. Uh, I was, uh, well, Jill, appreciate this. For some reason, my roommate and I, have, we, we've been watching the uh, first three Transporter, Transformers movies recently. And the, a Dale Earnhardt card just showed up in the middle of one as a Transformer. And I was like, well, now that seems unfair. Yeah. Like, was that was that car always in NASCAR or did he just like all of a sudden show up? I honestly haven't watched the Transformers movies in probably about 10 years. Well, I think I, I think it's time, Woj. They're fucking hilarious. <laughs> They're putting out new ones, so I don't have to wait long. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, back to the Rangers and Ryan being a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, no. so, no, shut up. We, we all agree. <laughs> okay. Trotrek for Strom, I think, is the one replacement that we all thought. And then we kind of just thought that one of the kids that was already here would be the cop, the Mott, and the Brawn. But we didn't actually account for the fact that those... We, need, we still need a cop, a Mott, and a Braun, and it was going to have to come from someone that wasn't a Ranger last year. And the guys they've tried to replace them with, really only Gauthier has kind of come close to living up, and he's living up to Mott. He's not even living up to cop, which was the most important of yeah. the three that left. Uh, has cop even, like, would cop, would cop have been a better fit for this team? In the long run, no, right? No, we all no, agree. No, 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 because, no. Again, you're. We're not. It's the Rangers trying to replace Strom and Cop, and they only have the money to replace one. So one of the other ones had to come from development from within, and uh, hasn't happened. It has not. And are I don't want to yell at Heedle because I think Heedle's been really, really good. But is he getting the opportunity he needs to succeed this year? Yes, I think okay. so. I would say you, so. You you don't you you think Heedle's being underused right now? I don't. I'm just. I'm just asking questions. Okay. Just asking questions. It's just nice. It's nice to think about because at least that third line and that second line, when Hedl was down or on the second line playing, it seemed like they got more even ice time. And I think we're going to go back to having a little bit less time for Hedl and Lafreniere moving forward. That's all. Well, especially if Trocheck is now playing with Panarin again, because Golan yeah, has exactly one, it. one line thinker, and he's well. You got to get the first line out there, blah blah blah. But then I'm not going to not keep Artemi Panarin. It off always the comes ice. back to boyfriend's theory. Which was last year, which is you can't, you, you, you try and separate Mika and Kreider and you can't, and then you try and separate whoever that center is that plays Panarin and you can't, and that, that hampers is, the way you do your lines. Is the real problem here that Gallant views um, the kids as a thruple and he doesn't want to actually separate them from each other? I think Kako, and he's had pretty public quotes about this, he said, I, I played my best hockey with Mika and Kreider, and I don't know why I was taken away from them. Yeah, not, <laughs> notice that each each three of the kids have all said or done things that makes you go, hmm, I don't think they like the coach. Phil Heedle saying about time when asked about <laughs> scoring on a second power play unit. Kako yes. <laughs> saying he's played his best hockey when the coach has put him in positions to succeed. That was to the get. Finnish media too. So, yeah. And then Lafreniere getting the, the Broadway hat after simply taking the day, day off. Yeah, I got to tell you, it makes me think the kids fucking despise the coach. Where are you at, Woj, on, on Galant currently? It's always one of those weird situations because it's easy. It's always the first kicking post that Rangers fans do, and honestly, it's rightfully so most of the time. But I, I think I'm done with them. I, I just, but I, my problem is like, who, who, where do you go from here? Like, what, where, where in the organization do we see an easy replacement? Where outside the organization do you see a replacement? I, hockey coaches suck. And the Rangers are horrible developing talent. And some of these guys have been here for a few years. So where do you go from here? I, I don't know. But So I'm kind of at, at a standstill. Like, obviously, I don't think he's going to get fired or anything should be done by the end of the season. But in the summer, like, 
Let's say they do trade for somebody ridiculous at the deadline, and then they underperform again. Where where do you go? Where are we at from here? So I, I don't know. Yeah, I do think I do think the entire Galant conversation has become like I I know we did this with Quinn, and I I've promised to not be this guy again. But who are you replacing this man with? Yes. Whoever it is, I promise you, you're going to hate him. Yep, you uh-huh. will. Yeah, Even if it, it's Knobloch or it, it'll be fun and... for like one or two days, a couple games of the season, somebody will get bent or move down the lineup, and that's over. It, it's just that's all it takes. I just want a coach to love. It's it, like I, I know. Are, if... are there any coaches in the NHL right now for any franchises Rod that is like beloved? Rod and Cooper. Cooper is beloved. So yeah. is Rod. Okay, yeah, I would agree. There, like there, I, I haven't seen somebody say bad things about Rod. I'm sure there are psychopaths on Hurricanes Twitter. All seven of them, where uh, it's like. I, I would uh, Cooper. I would do unspeakable things. I would, but I like Same. to your point. Woj, are there coaches who I think might not actually be good, but are at least fun to root for? Yes, and I, I think that's like like I think Bruce Boudreau is fucking hilarious, but I don't necessarily know if it'd be fun to have him coach my team. Like Trots, I love Trots. Don't Me too. Torts. Sorry, Torts. I love Torts. Don't want him anywhere near my team. No. So, but like Boudreau. I'm at least looking at him like that guy is all offense all the time. Seems really funny. Says funny shit. <laughs> Not exactly sure he's going to make my team better, but I can at least talk myself into when things are good that I'll be like this fucking guy. I'd love. I'd love this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I don't think the Rangers have really had a coach in our lifetimes that that was universally beloved at all. Even even the Cup year, obviously, <laughs> for many many reasons. And then we sit here every single year. It's like. We got these three-year cycles of coaches that come in, do great things. Elaine Vigneault, uh, I don't want to say David Quinn did anything great, but he did at least develop Adam Fox, and we won a Norris that year, and our champion Panarin was unlocked under him. So there were positives in some ways in David Quinn. We also did a lot of bad developmental things uh, for the forwards. And then Glenn comes in. We have that good first year. Like That's kind of our history. We have that good first year. And then it all falls off really quickly. I would just like a state. Like I'm sure this is what every franchise wants, right? Like that coach that's going to lead you for six to seven years, and everybody's kind of on the same page. And we just don't have – and I watched the Giants yesterday do what they did with Dayball and just how he – and you were familiar with Dayball Woj because he was in Buffalo. Love him. Love him. Dude, he, and he's he's at the Ranger games. Like, I want him to coach. <laughs> I, I'm, I root for him for life. That guy's got a ticket for life for me. I get it. He's just – there are those guys, and they are rare, that are likable, culture changers, and also good at their job. And there's only what – 26 of them in all sports. Like, Well, no, I don't think they're 26 in all sports. I think in just about every other league, there is a clear line in the sand between good coach, bad coach. In the NFL, you can name 10 coaches that you think have longstanding power in the NFL. You can also name 15 coaches that flat out stink. In hockey, like this is part of the reason why I did this exercise, there are probably seven guys I can pinpoint and say, that guy good. And then the rest, <laughs> the 25 others, are kind of just all the same generic Make your own head coach. Yeah. No, no, what's the difference between Dallas Akins and Gerard Gallant? Is there one? Is, is it Dana Eveson or whatever his fucking name is? Is there a difference between him and Paul Maurice? Is there a difference between Bruce Boudreaux and Rick Bonus? These are all the same fucking people. Like, there's no the hockey sucks because like in every other sport, there's a middle class coach. There's a yeah. guy who's like. Hey, you're probably not going to win a lot with him, but he's at least going to help you get to the next guy and Lovey you'll be Smith? able to roll it back there. No, Lovey, no, Lovey Smith, that was 
expert hiring by the Texans. They hired a guy that they knew they'd only have to keep one year, and he would be actively bad. That was a really good job. They did great. <laughs> they did great. Because D'Amico Ryans is going to come in there next year on a 10-year deal and probably be a really good head coach. So it's – but, again, you know what there isn't in the NHL, Woj? Who the fuck is this league's D'Amico Ryans? Who's this league's – I don't know the guy's name necessarily, but I know the Detroit offensive coordinator is going to be a head coach next year. Like, I can't identify a guy who has never been a head coach in the National Hockey League that is going to get a head coaching chance next year. Like, maybe Rand Pecknold, the U.S. World Junior coach, that's maybe <laughs> it. And even then, he comes from a college background, so no team that's actually good is going to give him a chance. No. So, like, that's that's the problem with the NFL that we've talked, the NHL that we talked about all the time. I I am not a diehard football fan, but I could sit down and name you. Like, Wink Martindale might get a fucking head coaching chance because of what he's done with this Giants defense this year. I can't name one guy in the National Hockey League who doesn't have prior coaching experience that I think might at least get a chance. And that's that's not because I'm not trying. I'd love to know. <laughs> Show me. I, yeah, I would love to know some of these guys. It's funny, this is not, it doesn't get the coverage. Maybe that's the NHL and the way the media covers does, it. Does it not get the coverage if these guys not exist? That's I, I literally can't answer the question, and I wish I could. Where it's, I you might be right because we do recycle the same thirty five, right? That's the thirty five hockey men that all have the same jobs. Like, does Alain Yo get another hockey job as a head coach? Absolutely, Alain sure. sure will get one. Claude Julien will get one. Barry Trotz will get one. There are your three guys outside the NHL, and shit. As soon as people forget what Joel Quenville did, he'll get one too. <laughs> yeah, man, he might actually. Yes, right. He might. He That's he might. That sucks. Um, Woj, would you want to do some five-star questions with us, if you, if you don't mind? we got some, some questions from the dear fans yeah, of here. Course. Uh, this is from Billy Rats. I know Greg has firmly planted his flag in the Gav- Gavrikov camp as an NYR target trade deadline, but what about Gossesbeer as a possible target? Um, I'm not going to read the rest of the question because I think Greg and you I will have the same thing. They had the chance to get him for free, and they didn't. Not just that. It, as much as I like Gossesbeer, he, again, think of, think of the type of player you need to acquire in order to appease your head coach. Gostas Bear is a high-event, offensively gifted defenseman who plays left-handed D. Um, that is not someone Gerard Gallant wants to play on his bottom pair. He wants the most boring human being in the world playing on his bottom pair, which is why he's absolutely slobnobbing Ben Harper right now. Like, <laughs> Gostas Bear, the only way Gostas Bear could come into the Rangers is if the Rangers are going to play him in their top four. That's not going to happen, nor should mm-hmm. it. And he's not going to get power play minutes, so I he he's just he's not even a square peg in a round hole. He's like a a, a hexagon in a fucking <laughs> flat line. Like it's just not going to work. So I like Osterspare. I think he'll do great things if some team acquires him. But you have to consider the coach in which is running this Ranger team. You bring in Osterspare. That bottom pair is just going to get caved in, and he's going to get no chance to succeed. It's a bad fit for everybody involved. I'm with you, Greg. Any thoughts on your end, Woji? No, I agree completely. It, it doesn't solve the problem. The thing with the – I think any trade deadline acquisition is that does it solve any problems right now, or is it just for fun because we're all bored? Like, it, it really – that's that, that gossip pair would be a move because, like, oh, yeah, it'd be fun to watch because we're kind of bored of what we have. But it doesn't fix anything, and Gallant's not going to utilize them the way we would hope, so it, it doesn't matter. So it's a non it's a non point. This is from Jay Play. Thoughts on the nickname for Gallant, the Juggler, based on <laughs> how often he's changing the lines. So we called David Quinn the Blender. 
Yeah. Um, just as a, as a, as a reminder and a the refresher. DQ Blizzard Blender. Yeah. Damn, that was good. Was that yours? Did you say that back in the day? That was good. Damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never had that one. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm in for the juggler because I. I as much as I, Gerard Glant does change the lines all the time, it doesn't feel like that's his identity. It feels like his identity is less coaching. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. yeah like hands off. He, he's more substitute teacher than he is juggler. So would, strange. Would you say, like, now that, like, I, I don't know, maybe, like, because I was never really pro Gallant when we, when we hired him. I'm not saying I was ahead of the game, but I just was never pro Gallant. But I see a lot of people be like, well, he hasn't gotten fair shakes because of fair shakes. You know, in Vegas and Florida. Like, he kind of got kicked out the door quickly. He well, we're yeah, starting, starting to see why starting got, to understand why. Starting yeah. to understand, right? Like, that was that was where I was getting. Like, are we starting to kind of get it? Like, is this it for us? It was strange because Greg and I we were not we were not educated on Gallant, so we did our best. We had beat writers from Florida come on. We had beat writers from Vegas come on. We talked to people who covered Gerard Gallant for a couple of years, and almost every single thing was they said. And Greg, please correct me if I'm wrong. All the players love him. They would do anything for him. And I have to tell you, that was the selling point on Gerard Gallant. Now, I'll remind you, on this podcast, we've talked about probably multiple times how the players seemingly do not like Gerard Gallant. So if if you're not, if the players don't like you, and your whole thing is you're a player's coach, what exactly do you do here? (laughs) I would would say just about everyone said, oh, yeah, Turk's player's guy. Because I think George Richards we had on, who's probably the most connected Panthers beat writer there is, and he's like, all those guys... The Bar- the Barkovs, the the Ekblads, they still ride or die for Gallant, and I'm sure that was a big selling point for Trocheck when he came here as well. But like, I don't know, that was also almost a decade ago at this yeah. point. It just seems that that has all changed for him. Whereas if if you came in as a player's coach and all the players loved you and were like, every single time you're like, we're not making any changes, but these guys fight for me. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, okay, at least I know now that these players are fighting for their coach and at least they want to play for him. Yes. I think now it's like, now you're not making the adjustments. You're not doing the coaching and the players seemingly spite you. So what are we doing? That's where I'm confused. Um, this is from Jay White, 180111. Uh, as we approach January, what do you think is more likely? The wild card spot, the top three in division, or miss the playoffs? I think I'm a wild spot card, card guy. Wild spot card guy? Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Wild card spot guy, yeah. Um I mean it's I think the, it's the in most order likely. for the Rangers in order for Rangers to get top three, they'd have to overcome at least one of the Penguins or the Devils. And I know the Devils are crashing back down to Earth in kind of spectacular fashion right now. With the exception of Jack Hughes, that's correct. Yeah. Um probably wild card spot, just because it's still Especially since the Panthers, the more you watch them, the more it looks like they're kind of just folding up shop. Um, but, I mean, there's still the chance that one of the Rangers, Islanders, and Capitals is not making the playoffs. This uh, this next question is from Ryan Mead, host of Blue Switch Breakaway. The Hurricanes have gotten points in their last 17 games. What is the final scoreline when they beat the shit out of the Rangers on Tuesday? <laughs> the one nothing Ranger win. Halak scored and scored the goal. Uh, I, I, question, question from Greg, Greg Kaplan of Blue Switch yeah. Breakaway. Uh-huh. Um, are the, is, this, is today's Winter Classic a road game for the Boston Bruins? Now, I ask this knowing that their opponent 
or the Pittsburgh Penguins. Because FSG owns them. Right. This is technically a home game. So, so when the Bruins showed up wearing Red Sox gear today, is that a silent fuck you? Wait, hold on. Because the Bruins were wearing Red Sox FSG. gear at oh, Fenway. No. And you're probably thinking, oh, that's nice. They're definitely giving back to the city of Boston. But I need to remind you, the people that own the building in which the Bruins are playing in today own, own the Pittsburgh the Penguins. Penguins. Holy shit. So is today a road game for the Boston Bruins? Yes. Question I would for, say so. Question from Ryan Mead. Is it annoying that the Hurricanes have like seven former Rangers we left for dead and they've won 17 straight? Antti <laughs> 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 Ranta being one of them. Brady Shea playing the year of his life. Derek Stepan still doing things. Very confusing. I will say Fitz is one of those things where Fitz was very early onto like Carolina Hurricanes hate, and I never understood it, but oh my God, was he ahead of the game because I cannot stand that team now. It It's just a uh, Rod's a great coach. He is, and it's fu- frustrating. It's frustrating because the culture is there. Everyone buys into the system, and it, it's we could say they're a system team, right? Like They have stars. They have star players, but they're not overwhelming you with talent. What they are doing is using a system that is just considerably above average all the time, and that's going to be a regular season team that's very fucking hard to deal with for the next decade because of the way they're run and the way Rod runs things. You know who the the Carolina Hurricanes are for me and why I think I can't ever really take them truly seriously? The the Braves? Miami Dolphins? Tampa Bay Rays. Fuck. They're Tampa Bay Rays. (laughs) They're they're incredibly well run. If it's the biggest sample size possible, they're going to finish at the top of the heap every year. But once once you put those balls to the grindstone, those motherfuckers losing in the playoffs every year. I I'm not. That is funny you say that because a franchise like the Bruins, even though they're having the season of their lifetime, when they're in the playoffs, I'm always scared of them. Yeah, no matter I'm, what's yeah. happening. When, when I see the Carolina Hurricanes walk up to me and I'm like, oh, you're probably the better team, but I think you're a bitch, and I think I can beat you. <laughs> that's that's kind of where I am until the Hurricanes shove it in my face. And I don't consider, again, anything that happened in the bubble, I don't give a fuck. That was a three-game playoff series that didn't matter at all. And, oh, by the way, I got the number one pick out of it, so, like, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I I look at the Hurricanes, and at no point am I like, oh, fuck, I got to worry about them. I'm more like, yeah, no, it beat me. Well, talk to me in June, bitch, and we'll see what's happening. (laughs) All right, back to actual questions. Um, No, those were actual questions. Uh, this is from David. Is Gerard Gallant just another NHL head coach, or is he below the 50th percentile? You answered this question already. But again, I don't know if he's below the 50th percentile. He's I just above think, it. Like, he's above I think, it. I think the top 15% of NHL coaches are worth a damn, and that 85% are all failing grades. Yep. Like, they're terrible. It, it's like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Barry Trotz... We like him. We think he'll get the most out of certain players on this roster. But I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to play all the children in a way that we are going to like. And some of those children, their development, even if it's already stalled, might be stalled even further. But the Rangers will win as many games as possible. Whatever the 100th percentile outcome for this New York Rangers roster is will be found under Barry Trotz. I am confident in that. But if you take Barry Trotz away from me and you say, all right, Gallant's off the picture, who would you like to replace him with? I don't have a good answer because, again, there are no up-and-coming coaches that are exciting for us to even fucking know about. I think way back when, that's why we hitched our wagon so hard to Sheldon Sheldon Keith. Because at least then it was a dude who seemingly was coming from the outside and working his way in. And that's why we've hitched our wagon so hard to Martin St. Louis 
a dude coming from the outside, working his way in. Do I think like Matt Zuccarello could become a good NHL coach? Absolutely, but it's not going to happen this year. Like who who is the Martin St. Louis, a good player that got the absolute most out of their talent that I'm confident can then take that talent and translate it down to a younger audience? Is it Tanner Glass or Ben Hunwick? It's not. Oh, do they do run player development for the Rangers, you're saying? <laughs> I, but I, like, so, I still understand that. Like, again, like Jeremy Hafner is a great pitching coach. That dude sucked as a pitcher. Like, I understand the mindset of you want to give guys who had to work for every inch of their success, even if their success in our eyes is very limited. Like, Tanner Glass had to work his ass off to become an NHL player. He didn't have the skill and the raw talent to do it. So he had to do something beyond that in order to get there. And that is a guy you would want teaching your younger players because he is giving them those lessons. I understand that mindset, but like, is there another Martin St. Louis out there from his generation that's young enough they could connect to the young player, but I felt like got the absolute most out of his game? Like, is that Keith Yandel? He also has like charisma which is to yes. why when Gretzky coached it was like well yeah Gretzky, oh my God. but like you know <laughs> yeah. like, like I'm interested the more Chris Pronger talks the more interested I am in what he has to say but I don't think he would make a good coach but like at least Pronger to me is looking at the game in a different way that I'm like now that's interesting and I, I, I could talk myself into it but I do worry if I put Chris Pronger behind the bench that he's just going to want everyone to go out there and murder people <laughs> That's as far as it goes. A couple more Woji, then we'll let you get out of here. This is from uh, Brian. Which Gallant scratches worse, the Kako in the win game or home, or the Tampa one? It's Kako. It's not close. It's game. It was game six. Yeah, like it's not close. It's not yeah. close. Yeah, one one of them. Neither of them are good, but both of them come from the principle of at some point, if you're a coach, he uh, played Dryden Hunt, guys. Yeah, and also it was a must-win playoff game, so maybe just play your best players. It wasn't even like Kako was playing. Orly. No. The shift happened two games ago. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, this is from Jake Barrow. Should we be taking less less about putting a lefty on the right circle and more about Chris Kreider not getting involved in power play one? Yes. That's 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 exactly what But again, is, is Chris Kreider not getting involved in power play one? Or He's is, just the been luck, is the shooting luck just drying up? He's unlucky. The power play is still yeah. very dangerous. Just trying to make it, just figuring it out right now. Uh, PJ Smith won. Is the player's development helped or hindered when a team is in win-now mode? Hindered. Hindered. I don't know. I don't necessarily believe it's hindered. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily helped either, but like, I don't think young players playing on shitty teams and getting a whole bunch of ice time is inherently good. I think I'd rather a middle ground where my team might not be terrible, but probably isn't good. And the team success, the, the best scenario is probably... Honestly, what the Sabres are this year—that's probably yep. the best scenario in terms yep. of development. Where, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, you're better. You're bet. You're not going to draft in the top five, but you're not expected to make the playoffs. But you're in that middle class where, if your young players over overachieve, you're going to taste some success. Where, but like if you're if you're a shit team, that's not good for a young player. They will develop bad habits. And if you're a great team, it's not great for a young player because you're going to get limited opportunities. So like, is it? Is Lafreniere? I don't think Lafreniere and Kaka would be better players if the Rangers sucked ass the last two years. They'd get more ice time, but I don't. They'd also be playing with guys like Dryden Hunt, so they might not be <laughs> producing. They still might not be producing too much. I, I, I think it's great that the young players have been able to taste winning. I think last year's playoff run was great for the young players, um, but I, I don't think that one 
they they top ten percent, the bottom ten percent, they're equally bad. What you want to ideally have is a Sabres like situation. But even the Sabres took them years to get to this point, and it took them to finally get a good head coach to get to this point. So there's no blueprint. But what the Sabres are doing this year, to me, that is the perfect scenario. Like the young players on the Sabres are going to be better off than the young players on the Canadians because the young players on the Canadians are having to deal with a whole lot of shit. Whereas the Sabres, they are getting to explore what being good unexpectedly is like. And I think that's a lesson that can't be repeated. Agreed. Especially with the Sabres. I think specifically with the Sabres, because the fan base is now paying attention again. And that's something that they hadn't had in so long. Yeah, even even with Eichel, right? Some years it's like, hey, we have Eichel, but they're not. It wasn't fun. It was like those expectations were there. Similar his, to what we were talking about earlier. First year was a blast, and then it just was downhill every year since. Yep. Uh, this is from Avery Rules. Do we know anything about Chris Knobloch? Yes, that Drury likes him. They're owned by the same agent. And that Hartford is still kind of a mess. That's about as far as we know. Yeah. I. I let me put it this way. I think I'd rather Chris Knobloch than a guy like Andrew Burnett. Just because at least then, like, the unfamiliarity is coming into a situation he kind of knows. So the, the floor would be higher. But, like, no, I don't think Chris Knobloch is this, like, young and up-and-comer. I think he's just a guy. There's so many questions about Galan. There's two more. But it's like, <laughs> I, I feel like we are piling on. One of the ones is from Brett. We're piling on on the Galan stuff. But I'm wondering if he's starting to wear on some of the players, too, with some of this stuff. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, sure. again, I saw who got the Broadway hat <laughs> <net> yesterday. <laughs> Uh, last and final question. Uh, this is from JT. Galan is not an X and O's guys. Oh God, we, he's, we said that he doesn't change the power play personnel. A predictable one timer setups. He says the locker room runs itself and admits that he admitted he doesn't develop players. Benoit handles the goalie. What does he do? <laughs> uh, he occasionally yells at a referee. That's yeah. that's fair. He does do that. And Calls then he benches once players in, once in a while. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Woj, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate spending some time with you as always. Hope you're doing well up there. And, uh, any final th- parting thoughts on your end? Uh, I hope everything ever wants wins an Oscar this year. That's it. it should win. It was the best movie of the year. Yeah. So there you yeah. go. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at O'Reilly. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We'll be back with OT later this week, probably Wednesday night. So stay tuned. We'll see you guys then. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's the end of the show. So you know what I do at the end of the show every single week. I thank the NHL Insiders Club. I'm sure a lot of you turned this off because I mispronounce the same people's names every single week for the last forever. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters, but especially these top supporters who keep this show going and also have a lot of fun in the, the Insiders chat. It's a great time. Here I go. 74 names. Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Gertula, Adam Linder, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Carter, and Andrew Rahner. Am I saying your... I don't know if I'm saying AJ's last name right. Anthony Terragata, Ben Warner, Ben Weber, Bill Rattel, Brandon Lackless, Brandon, Brandon and Magnum, Brett Ranger, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Chris Howard, CJ Sullivan, Connor P. Damage, Daniel Zayzen, David Siegel, Dar- Dennis Dice, Darian, Eric Stagg, Greg, Garrett Reynas, Greg, Give Gardner a cup, Gary Gretzky, The Fly, Harrison Hasco, Hippie 89, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, James Masker, James, Jerry Marquez, JD, Jean Jacques, Francois, Jean Jean, Jimmy Mack, John Harrisey, John, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kashabob, Christian Florida, Lazik, Gronowski, Libras Kayak, Lou Giordano, it's actually there this month, Lou, Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kine, Meatball the Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Nate Hanify, Neil Grover, Nicholas DiNicola, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel Vakodrev, Paul PJ Sisbaro. Does that, did that just, PJ, you're not new. I know I've said your name before, I, I, but my brain is, uh, whatever. Um, Pro World Takes Gamer, Randy Tesser, Ryan still hasn't watched Miracle, it's true. Stig Bullbox, Weingart, Thomas Welsh, 
Tommy Sinclair, Tom Arch Jr., Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, the original supporter OG, May 2017. Woo! Upstate Vin, Vinny Hay, Will Spector, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Thank you all so much for supporting the show every single week. A plethora of insane Ranger games coming up. I will be traveling, listening on the radio to a couple of them. I'll catch a lot of them on replays and watch. I wish there was an easy way to re- like watch games. If there is, can somebody tell me? I know there's a, there's like that uh, NHL in 60. Like It's cool to watch the YouTube game highlights, but I wish there was like a, a service, kind of like the All-22 for the, the NFL, where I could just quickly watch all the plays. I know there are like paid-for stat programs and all that stuff, but I would just like to have like a condensed game and be able to watch that when I can only listen on the radio. Or something like that. Like, hey, I want to see all the highlights and analyze some play. Like a real nerd and get in there. Use the eye test of all that. But if anybody knows, let me know. I'd be interested. Anyway, uh, thanks all for listening. Love you guys. Happy New Year. Hope you had a good one. Hope the holidays were awesome. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.